0: Hello, heroes. Welcome to Modifier. I'm your host, Megan Dornbrock. Heroes, just a quick reminder that I'll be at Dreamation next weekend, February 16th through the 19th in Morristown, New Jersey. I'm running the Tales of the Crystals LARP, and I already started planning snacks, so don't miss this excellent time. Also an excellent time is this week's episode— I've got a full show for you all as we return to the topic of RPGs and kids. This time, I was fortunate enough to talk with Carrie and Evie Walls, two young players and GMs, and easily some of the coolest people I have ever had on the show. They're joined by their dad, James, who is at fault for getting the whole family into the hobby. Let's get to the show. Joining me this week are three members of the Walls family. We've got a full house. Uh, We've got Jim, Carrie, and Evie are all here to talk about games and games run by and for and with kids in all sorts of permutations. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves a little bit?
1: You want me to go first?
2: Yes. Okay. All
1: right, so uh, my name is uh, James Walls, and I am... I, don't know, I I'm the, I guess I, I sort of started the family <laughs> <you> with <know>, my <laughs> wife Jennifer, and the, the kiddos are here because, uh, you know, uh, the, the, my wife and I are both kind of nerds, so we've just made through, as we've gone downhill, all the kids had the nerddom, uh, passed on. So, who's next? But it's,
2: no. What? What? Oh, okay. Uh, go, uh, go ahead. I'm Evie. I, uh, uh, um, you didn't prepare this part, did you? No.
3: <laughs>
1: That's okay. Know. Just say what your no. name is.
3: Yeah. yeah. I'm Evie. Hello. Nice. Hi, Evie. <laughs> um, I'm Carrie. I basically do a lot of uh, video games and all that kind of stuff, and I like to draw a lot. Oh, awesome. Me all too.
1: I think it's... <laughs> I, 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 since they didn't add much, I think just to... to Personality wise, Evie, who's the quieter of the two here talking, is the louder of the two, typically.
3: No, I'm quieter. <laughs> no, yes. no,
1: Evie's quieter talking right now.
3: Yes. You
1: guys are experiencing a weird transition where one of you is taking the personality of the other on, because Evie's okay. usually quiet. It, Evie's quiet now, but Carrie's usually the one that's more introverted.
3: Uh, that's
1: whereas Evie's usually a, a, a rolling ball of sound. <laughs> <is where she laughs>
0: <laughs> You're going to confuse our audience. How dare you? <laughs> That's all right. Um, well, I'm I'm glad all three of you are here. This is this is very cool. Um, we we were talking a little bit earlier. The you've you've done similar kind of uh, panels and and answering of questions uh, since I know uh, Carrie, you you've run some role playing games, right?
3: Yes, I have.
0: Cool. Yeah, which is something that um, I think is still a new concept. To a lot of uh, older players and some of the folks who listen to this show may not have kids to play with or um, friends who have kids to play with or, or generally think of role-playing games as kids' games. Um, there's, there's only a couple out there that are primarily aimed at younger players. Um, but you guys have played, uh, from, from what I understand, all, all manner of role-playing games, tabletop games, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I I think it's also interesting to point out uh, another like lesser known fact is that uh, you know Carrie had had she did some co GMing at Gen Con last year, mm-hmm. uh, but Evie also ran demos of No Thank You Evil for the entire convention. She put at least like sixteen hours in of of of, ta- of table oh. games, and in their... Their their non convention mode, Carrie uh, carries, carrie's a, a a regular player at my games, whereas Evie, mm-hmm. uh, typically the GM that goes off on her own. So and Evie's eleven. I'm sorry, ten.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: she's going to be eleven, and uh, and Carrie. I'm, I only said you're eleven because I'm, I'm right now just getting us ready for Gen Con. And I have to say we'll be at Gen Con. I- <laughs>
3: yes.
1: So Carrie will be thirteen at Gen Con, but she's a ele- so she's she's oh, two weeks,
0: but she's twelve oh. now. Oh, awesome. Well, happy almost birthday! <laughs> and and that is that is an impressive resume, both of you. Actually, that's that's awesome.
1: So everyone here on this side is a GM.
0: Very cool. Well, we've got a lot of questions about that, then. So I'm I'm glad you all have some experience with that. Um, so, what kind of games did you start playing? What got you into gaming?
1: All right, they're both nodding to me. So mm-hmm. I, will, I will do... I, sure, I talk, you guys have to talk too. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It goes for all three of you, yes. I,
1: <laughs> okay, so um, my earliest gaming memories is my mom, to help me with math and vocabulary as a kid, was a big Scrabble fan. So I'm not even talking role-playing games, but she had me playing Scrabble very young. The idea of doing the simple arith- arithmetic and, and the spelling at the same time... Was that was a that was part of my homework growing up was Scrabble, mm-hmm. and as I uh, got older, we played games. I was not a big Monopoly fan. I didn't like you know it was kind of boring, but we played a, a, a game called Space Quest, which was or Solar Quest, and mm-hmm. it was Monopoly in space. And around the time I was big into space mm-hmm. stuff, so those are like my two biggest game memories of how I started getting into like like regular weekly family gaming. And then I discovered role-playing games through a neighbor uh, who introduced me to the old Larry Elmore uh, red box of uh, D and D back around 1991, 92. I remember it just because that was when Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves came out, so I <laughs> yeah. can get up with uh with with that era. So that's how I got into it. Carrie, what was uh, how about you? What can you say?
3: Um, I remember, I don't know how old I was, but I was super little, and I'd sit by your tables when we were, like, in the dining room, and you'd have your friends over, and I'd sit there and I'd stack dice. <laughs> I doing that.
1: Do you remember playing any of those games?
3: I don't remember the first time I played that game, but I remember that one time when um, we had uh, Baylor, she came over, and there was this something about a chicken, and I wrote it, and it was like my favorite thing for like three months. Oh. Oh.
1: Both, both girls... Oh, Evie, what, what, do you, what, what do you remember your first game memory?
3: Uh, you don't
1: know. I don't remember. You can't just <laughs> say that.
3: <laughs>
2: That's I don't okay. remember anything.
1: So both both girls started role-playing games when they were five, whether they remember or not. And both girls started, uh, Carrie started, her first role-playing game was was like mine. I was figuring, I'm going to get them into basic D&D, because I knew it. And it was around mm-hmm. the time that there uh, there really wasn't that much that I knew of to get to, to, to bring to the table with. And uh, Evie, uh, I think she played she played D&D 2 at first. But we okay. sort of branched out from there as time went on, found other games to try.
0: Sure. Was it a conscious choice to get them started at five? Or did it, it just sort of happen?
1: <laughs> uh, it, it was, it was, yeah, I, 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 started when I was, what, 10 or 11. But the, the reading comprehension from both kids as the, that age group was mm-hmm. high enough it they could understand simple words. I mean, five, you're reading it, you know, and, um, it's just something that's fun to do around the table, and it was just interactive storytelling. We would play games before bedtime in their room on the floor. So it was like a bedtime stories. Kind
0: of oh, cool. Yeah, I know um, I read that uh, Gary Gygax book that came out not too long ago, and uh, there's a lot of stories in there of him playing with kids that young, or ha- playing with with his kids, yeah. So, just curious. curious. Oh,
1: yeah, I'm no, sure.
0: Does, does the whole family play then, usually?
1: Yes, and there's the two other members that are not here it would be my wife, Jen, and my son, Cooper. Cooper is six.
3: Never, ne- never,
1: never, you need pop up, though. My, 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 oh, my, my, my parents have played as well. I've had my parents, mm-hmm. play, but they are, uh, but they are, they Very are, they are trouble. They're, my dad is pretty disruptive.
3: My dad carries <laughs> having having a whiskey my,
2: bottle. Your grandfather.
1: Yeah. My <laughs>
3: grandfather. <laughs> oh, man. His pictures are. He he, he was
1: very disruptive during a d and D Council of Worms game, a dragon game, where everyone was a dragon, and my dad was drawing mean pictures about the. Game.
2: Oh. <laughs> he put so, her head in a whiskey bottle. Yeah, he was
0: not.
1: Yeah. He, he was he was not invited back.
2: Okay,
0: gotcha. So so a disruptive where he was still sort of engaged with the game. That's good.
1: <laughs> about to the point that if he was a. If he was a kid at one of my uh, our, our monthly club events, I would have asked him to be excused from the table for a while. Oh goodness! So that's how disruptive he was. <laughs> but uh, Cooper Cooper plays Cooper plays uh, with us occasionally. Um, I, I mean, he played No Thank You Evil with Evie on Friday because Evie ran a, a game at our local game club. Oh, awesome! Gaming. Yeah, I mean, so she, he was in her game then, and uh, my wife plays as well uh, on occasion.
0: Very cool. Um, so uh, another memory test. Sorry, guys, but do you remember what the first game you ran? The first, th- the first time you GM'd, what you ran?
1: You guys should know this. I
2: remember this. It,
1: it wasn't, wasn't that, that long. long, long ago. It was when I was a yeah. nine. I
2: will get to tell her. I'll look at me. <laughs> I ran. No thank you, evil. When I was nine. Nice. And I'm like, they're like, oh, you can run the easy adventure, and I ran the hardest adventure in the book. <laughs> you
3: all day and read the entire I spent, book. yeah I she read, read the entire rule book yeah like she was just she oh. the room and then she wasn't and then she came back and she's like I read it
0: <laughs> that's wonderful you keep that every time somebody tells you 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 should do something or you can't do something you got to do the opposite or the hardest thing I like that <laughs> how did that game go
2: it went good I was I kind of looked in the book a lot but that's okay yeah. I look in the book a lot.
1: <laughs> I look in the book a lot. <laughs>
2: uh
0: huh. Awesome. How about how about you, Carrie?
3: I remember I wrote. I first ran. I think it was the basic fantasy role playing game, and that was at uh, the Norman Game Nights.
1: At Our game club.
3: Yeah, mm. and then, um, I it was something about like there was this castle. And then there were, like, these goblins and such, but I can't remember who all played, but it was, like, some of my friends and some younger kids, and they liked it. I mean, there was, like, someone said that their character was kind of, like, they, they were, like, bigger around, and then they were just like, I'm going to spit through this, like, small gap, and I'm like, no. <laughs> How about you, Jim?
1: Well, the first time I GM'd.
0: Yeah, do you remember?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do actually. Uh, I had the the guy that the guy that taught me D and D. I bought his the the box that he he taught us out of. He upgraded from Basic D and D to Second Edition D and D, and he sold me his box set. And I had him over for a sleepover, and I ran him on a solo adventure that night. You know, and I, I gave him every sword out of the book. You know, and he had a backpack full of swords and. That was the first time I I ran a game. I remember it really well.
0: Oh, that's wonderful!
1: It was again, like circa ninety one, ninety two.
0: Yeah. Oh, cool. So playing games with younger players, you know, um, getting getting Carrie and Evie started at at five with Dungeons and Dragons. Did you? What did you do to make the game, uh, I guess, uh, interesting, engaging, more you know, playable? Generally, did did you have to do anything? Cause that's that is a dense book. Like, there's a lot of things going on with that. There's a lot of numbers and a lot of boxes to fill out.
1: Well, I wrote everything out for them, so it wasn't like I, I made them roll anything on their own. <laughs> uh,
0: that was kind of you.
1: And it was early on, so like what I did then was a little, a little different than I do now. Like, the, I mean, I went with a game that maybe wasn't the most designed for kids, mm-hmm. uh, but. It's still a, a, a fine game for for, for younger players. And I, I just kept the story and expectations short. So, can we get okay. through a half an hour? Can we get through a, a short a short bit of gaming? And are they still interested at the end of the the, end of the, you know, the event? And if they are, we'll go a little further. So, it, it wasn't that much different in style. I mean, I would tell them what to roll.
2: Okay.
1: Um, I, uh, I kept the adventures upbeat. Um, Not too much math. There was enough violence.
3: I mean, yeah.
1: We really don't shirk away from the violence.
3: No, we don't. Oh, yeah?
1: Yeah, this is not... This is... It's a pretty loud house. And, yeah. Uh,
0: just, just, just a little, yeah. Just a little bit. So. so. So violence is something that you guys don't shirk away from. Um, what about other, like adult themes i say with with quotes around that but um
1: on our game on friday night i mean the the kids no, were no. screaming out about no, like no. That, about mm-hmm. worshipping the dark gods and no. stuff you know so
3: yeah. oh that's normal
1: that's I, yeah but i mean but, I, I was i mean it was a table of what 10, 11 to 14 year olds my my
3: mm-hmm. one of my characters ended up killing another character because the god said to
0: oh okay i mean that's that's reasonable <laughs> yeah.
1: so um I mean, there's, there's, the adult, the adult, the, 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 the more grown-up themes you have in the game, I mean, like the, the, the fun and campiness. Because uh, we, we, we switch, we play a lot more uh, dungeon crawl classics now rather than straight D and D. It's a little faster. It's a little more over the top, and it's sort of my fantasy game of choice. So since I prefer it. It's, and it's very similar to D&D. It's based on kind of an amalgamation of like old school D&D, but with new D20 type rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's sort of mu- mu- and, and it's it's I wouldn't say it's rules light, but it's rules lighter than like a Pathfinder or a 5th edition D&D. So I can get people in the game faster, play faster, and if there's just a one-shot or someone who's entered our club for just a night, they can come in quickly. But, uh, you know, I mean, like there's those sort of like high fantasy things we, we have no problem having the you know those in the game. I stay away from uh, like, like you know deep intrigue or murder mysteries or or major ethical dilemmas with, with with the with the players because we're all just there for a good time so I'm not sure what other themes uh, you know we definitely there's no the, 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 the I would say the games are, are a strong PG13 gotcha. It's not Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah. Thank goodness. Not everything has to be. Right.
1: Um,
0: very cool. So so you guys have played a lot of those D&D type games. Um, no Thank You Evil, which we've talked about a, a bit on this show, and I'm sure we will talk about on this episode some more. It is a great game. When you started to play with Carrie and Evie, were you ever looking for games that were... Geared towards kids or, or aimed at kids or any games that had maybe modules for younger players, um, anything like that.
1: No, one of the 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 biggest things that I kind of talk about when I discuss gaming with kids, uh, I, I did it. All right, so as a GM, you know, I'm at the table to have a good time as well. Mm-hmm. Common thing GMs will say uh, to their players or to other folks when they're talking about GMing. And even with the kids and running games, I felt the same way. It's an activity that's not just for learning for them, but entertainment for me as well. Mm-hmm. It sounds selfish. Maybe it is a little bit. So <laughs> I ran the games that that, they, that I wanted to play, and i make them a little more basic, or I'd simplify them a little bit, but I still played the ones that I was interested in. And that sort of has evolved over time with me suggesting or recommending often that if you're trying to get your kids or family into gaming, play the games you're excited in, because they'll see that you're excited in them. So I knew that there were other games out there. There was Hero Kids as a game. Uh, we, we actually tried Hero Quest a few times, which mm-hmm. is like an old school board game. I think Milton Bradley did it. It was uh, like License from Warhammer or you know Games Workshop in the 90s. And that was just so basic that I wasn't... While a fun game, I, I couldn't get the role-playing side off to them. Uh Plus, every figure in the game was was, was a boy, so you know yeah. every, it's it's a, it, things have definitely changed in uh, in 20 years uh, than it was back in the in the early 90s. Uh, so I was never really looking for something that was just kid centric, but the games that I played after the, our kids were getting older seemed to be good fits for young players. I know the, the thing that sp- springboarded us into blogging or me into blogging was we ran uh, Numenera, which is also by Monty Cook Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ran Numenera at Disney World. We went to Disney World, we brought Numenera with us, and we were running this this Disenchanted Tales game, which was the kids played uh, super far-future versions of Anna and Elsa. Anna, Anna and Elsa,
2: <laughs> sorry,
1: and Merida from the Disney princesses, but they were in the super billion years in the future Numenera world. Oh, cool! That's that was like our first campaign. I think that's still our longest single campaign we ever did as a family. And uh, the I didn't. The game was simple enough that the kids could understand it, but complicated enough that it kept me entertained as well. My wife entertained; she played too. So we've been fortunate that you know between Numenera and the Cipher System, uh, Dungeon Hall Classics, and then Savage Worlds is the other game we play. None of those are so complicated that you know at this point the Seven and up age groups can't really enjoy them, but fortunately with new thank you evil uh you know there's there's it's definitely broadened that age range of players that can come in as well as players that can g m like i mean I don't think yeah uh, the fact that Evie can can g m the games as regular as she does, which is at least monthly um that's a great game that she can do it with with new no thank you evil,
0: yeah, that's excellent as for the games that you have GM'd, Carrie and Evie, um, I, like you were saying, Evie's done. No, thank you, Evil. Um, Carrie, what other games have you GM'd?
3: Um, I've GM'd No Thank You Evil a bit too, because I ran a couple. I ran a few games at Gen Con. Cool. Um, um, did I try to do D- I tried to do DCC. You once. did do DCC. I once. did do DCC. Oh, cool. <laughs> I took a basic fantasy thing off of it.
1: You, you ran a Basic Fantasy Adventures... A basic Fantasy role-playing game Adventure with DCC.
3: Yeah, that didn't end well because that was like a level like five and they were level zero characters.
1: they we oh. we were playing as <laughs> commoners and peasants and the Adventure was ready like, for level five characters. They were
3: like evil oh. cows and stuff. It yeah, was Yeah,
1: it was terrible.
3: I don't think I've seen a DCC
0: character get to level five.
1: <laughs> it is possible. Uh, Rare.
3: What's our level character now?
1: What? In which game?
3: In our... Um, Game
1: Club. Oh, in the Game Club games, yeah. in the uh, you guys like level three.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then um...
1: you also you you co-GM Numenera with Darcy Ross. Yes,
0: yes, I did that
1: with for Contessa last mm-hmm. year.
0: Okay, Carrie, would would you agree that about running games that you're excited about? Like, is is that how you decide what games you want to try to run?
3: Yeah, depending on like my dad will usually run the games. First, and if I like that game, I'll be like, Oh, I want to run this, and then like I kind of figure out how to run it, and then I'll run it. Okay,
1: she's a slacker though, she's like, she, like She's, the, yeah. she's okay. the electronic gamer in the house. Yeah.
0: I mean, she's,
1: she, she'll do the art for the game, she'll play at the table, but mm-hmm. like, you have to prod her a bit to get her to run something.
0: That's fair, <laughs> first game. I agree with that. <laughs> that's all right, we don't all have to run
3: games. So,
0: uh, you, you mentioned earlier about simplifying games sometimes when you when you run them with younger players. Do you, do you have any examples of, of things that you've done to simplify games or um, sure. methods or anything like that? Yeah.
1: So, I look for things that I can kind of modularly just remove to make the games quicker without uh, losing sight of what the game's about. So, for instance, at Gen Con 2015... I went and ran several sessions of a Savage Worlds game that was Disney-based, where the players were, uh, again, a Disney theme with us. We're big Disney fans here. We're big Disney nerds. Yeah. Uh, we, I ran a game where the, the players were all Disney space characters, Buzz Lightyear, Stitch, and uh, you know, Baymax, and they had to do a rescue mission on a planet. And they had to save Sunny Eclipse, which is the lounge singer who sings in Tomorrowland at Disney World. If anyone's been to,
0: oh, okay,
1: lounge singer there. He is the best. (laughs) And uh, what I did was, I mean, I just wholesale removed the skill system from the game and made everything based on the core attributes. So instead of saying, well, uh, shooting is is your based on your agility and you're going to... But it's not exactly the same number, and fighting is based on agility, and searching is based on uh, smarts. What I did was I just said, okay, you're doing something that involves being dexterous, make an agility roll. Doing something that involves being strong, make a strength roll. So the kids at the table only had to worry about five statistics for the entire game. So that was just a, a quick and easy way of simplifying the game. Uh, it'd be similar if you were playing a maybe 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons, and you just made the game easier and made the monsters easier to hit and had the players just use their strength modifier or the dexterity modifier to attack something instead of having to worry about adding base attack Mm -hmm. or class modifiers. So that's sort of what I did with Savage Worlds, and that game's designed in a way I can bolt that on or or take it off. I made custom character sheets for it. So for players coming in at Gen Con that were young, we had one at Gen Con, a a mother brought her, her, like, four-year-old son and didn't realize it wasn't a movie she was coming to. She thought she was going to a a Disney movie that she signed her kid up for. And uh, I'm like, no, this is a role-playing game, but you're welcome to stay. (laughs) That for the two-hour session. He was actually, maybe maybe he was five, maybe a little older than four. He was really young, though. Yeah. So that's an example. It's just kind of wholesale removing some roles, maybe. We're not leaning on, on the more complicated roles.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's great. And so for all three of you, since you have all run games for younger players, uh, is there anything that you've found particularly difficult about playing with younger players? Um, mechanics, I guess we we talked a little bit about, you know, just eliminating the complicated mechanics, but anything else that you think has been challenging?
3: You, <laughs> hmm. read,
1: read out loud. The prepared
3: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I just wrote down key points because I find it Well, wait, write, what, what,
1: Yeah. Points first,
2: then.
3: It, it's okay. Well, I find that sometimes they like to leave mid game. They're like, "Oh, this is boring." <laughs> they don't leave. They're like, I'm just going to get a snack, and they don't come back. <laughs> or like, there's there's a lot of shouting, and I mean, I can that that can be in every game, but like they are so loud, and like I can't get the game through because they're just like. Yeah fighting over left or right, they're fighting over who gets the sword, and I'm just like, guys, it's game, It's just, let's continue the game. Yeah.
1: Carrie, Carrie does that role even when she's a player. She sort of helps me corral the players when, as a, like on Friday we had 12 players at my table, and Carrie on oh. the far end. And Carrie's trying to corral half the table into making the decision and I'm trying to corral half the
3: table. So See usually I when that happens when people start fighting I'm just like I'm out of this, I'm not gonna yell, and I'm just like stay quiet. But like I like to sit farther away because you're like, Oh, because you're more experienced, you stay farther away. That's why I did that. And then everyone's like freaking out and I'm just guys
2: Then <laughs> Carrie just sneaks out the back door.
1: <laughs> what do you think you' were?
3: They
2: oh. seem to always have everything. like. They seem to think they always have everything. Yes. Oh, his wagon. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: okay. the wagon. Just for some context, some of the younger players, my son in- included, don't understand <laughs> inventory in your character. Yeah. So he when he's he playing as Wally and he thinks he has a chainsaw in his backpack, <laughs> the question is: Do you fight with the? At that point, he was he was four. He was four.
3: Exactly.
1: He was four at the table. Oh. Yeah, you don't fight with a four-year-old about whether he has a chainsaw or not. You just say yes.
2: I don't think,
0: for
1: this question, I don't think you're going to get much of a mechanics... Yeah. Que- res- no, that's... Because I have the same response that... Uh, I've never had a mechanics issue with younger players in the games that I play now. When I used to play... When I first started getting some kids into gaming a little more frequently was when my friend... I think it was Craig's daughter was playing with us um, and she was maybe 10 when she sat in a few games with us and we were trying to to play 4th edition D&D and there were so many rules with 4th edition D&D and so many powers that became a little bit discombobulated as a player Uh, but with what we play now it's never mechanics typically it's the personality aspects of kids and as the girls were saying our monthly game club meets once a month. All the Norman Game Nights were in the Pittsburgh area. Mm-hmm. 35 to 50 people come per event. A lot of folks bring their younger kids to this event, and if they drift over to the RPGs, they're, if they've never played before, they're not sure what they're getting into, and they'll be a bit disruptive sometimes. And it's mm-hmm. to be expected because they are young, and they don't do this at home, and they don't know what they're supposed to be doing at the table, but... There's some social contracts that they've not, you know, emotionally signed with their game masters. So yeah. they will get up and walk away from the table if they're bored, or if it's not their turn. Or they don't understand that it's a cooperative game, not me-centric. And even some of the older players, like age 11, 12, and 13 who've never played before have a real problem with that. They're so used to their computer games, and they jump on a Skyrim, and they are the sole character they're, they're, that's getting the attention all the time. I honestly sure. have to say, listen to what else is happening at the table, because it's important, uh, even with some of my experienced players that are younger.
0: Sure, absolutely. The episode where uh, I was speaking with John Harness, he t- mostly games with 9- to 12-year-olds, and we talked a lot about inventory and that sort of object permanence issue that some players have, even at that age, 9, 10, 12 years old. Um, and it seems like there's there's a bit of negotiating you can do when they're a little older and, uh, you know, giving them tools to better visualize what they have and what they can and can't do, um, which I imagine is still a lot harder with younger players than that. Um, you know, you, could, you don't want to say no, you know, or you can't say no
1: in some cases. See, I've, I've, I mean, my 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 opinion on not saying no has definitely evolved. And it might be because I've become such a, such an ardent Dungeon Crawl Classics, you know, GM, or mm-hmm. judges were called in the DCC world, I have no problem <laughs> saying no when it comes to questions that aren't about, like, the plot. Uh, so it's like, if the player comes up with a unique way of handling a problem, I'm quick to say yes to that. But if they're trying to dig up backstory to make things easier, you can tell mm-hmm. doing it because they want the, the, the attention grab or because they, uh, I don't know, there's, there's, there's not just times to say no, and I like in DCC that I have sort of a, a carte blanche to be a bit meaner because they have a stack of characters in front of them all, not just one, and I can just, oh yeah, kill that one off.
3: <laughs> My yep. Character. I killed your
1: favorite character.
3: You killed Sam. <laughs> that was Sam one. Was, Sam didn't do anything. Sam was just standing there, and you killed him. Sam deserved it. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sam got was coming to him. Oh no. <laughs>
0: Did did you mention earlier you had twelve players in one game?
1: Friday night this week. Usually there's a there's a there's a younger player named Evan. How old is Evan? Twelve?
3: Evan's my age.
1: So yeah, so twelve, right? Yeah. Twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Uh Evan uh who is a wonderful uh player and a terrific judge. Anyone who reads my blog, if you ever see a character named Old Man Legolas of Ikea. <laughs> that's Evan's character. And <laughs>
3: it right? The name constantly gets longer.
1: And, uh, yeah, D- Captain Old Man Legolas of Ikea now. <laughs> uh, it's a post apocalyptic DCC game. Uh, he will, he, uh, judges, uh, he GMs as well. So, if I know we're having a lot of players, I will, ju- I, you know, grab them on G plus and say, can you prep something? And we'll split the crew. And Evie will mm-hmm. take the very young players. I'll take, Usually the, the 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 nine to eleven year olds and Evan will take the twelve and ups. And what happened on Friday was we had fifteen total people that wanted to play. Um, Evie took uh, what three of them. I took twelve. And it was it was no a bit of a madhouse. Else,
2: no one else wanted to join my game.
1: Yeah, well, I ran. Mean, oh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs>
2: I left people stranded on I an mean, island you, and with no weapons. But
1: you—that was a homebrew <laughs> adventure, though. You wrote it yourself, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. And I mean, oh, cool. Expect it's, it's to be. Tell, evil, tell
1: so. her how you wrote how you came up the adventure idea. Yes.
2: I was yeah. in a car and I was thinking about Disney and then I was thinking about history <laughs> and then I made up an adventure in my head and just went with it. And I left them stranded on an island without any weapons or gear. Like, do I have this? I'm like, no do I have this? I'm like, no, you have nothing. And then they're like, okay. So (laughs) they get to kill the evil Maleficent, and they looked in the closet and found a magic vacuum and sucked her up.
1: (laughs) It was a Disney Disney evening. I ran uh, Prince Charming Reanimator by Daniel Bishop, which is sort of a fairy tale story. So we we were at Disney World last week, so we were in full Disney regalia on, on Friday, opera hats and clothing and stuff. We were ready. Oh, nice. I thought, you, I thought Hamilton was in your
3: adventure, He too. was.
2: He, he, he started in the beginning, and he's like, hello, and oh, he had a disease. My kids are a, are on a
1: full Alexander, like Hamilton from the musical Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, yeah. He
2: had a disease. is everything. He ha- Hamilton had a disease you... in my game. He, ta- he, <gasps> he, he How could you? He could never keep a girlfriend. Oh, which, that's true. Yeah, because he... Um, <laughs> he um, may um,
0: have had that in real life. Like, it's
2: um, Who is this guy? I'm like, Alexander Hamilton. They're like, who's that? I'm he's like, oh my gosh. And so I explain to them, and then I'm like, and then he's like, oh, he's French? I'm like, yeah, and then he has a problem. He's he not to- French. No, he, has, he had a problem in the game when he talks like this. He talks like this, and then he goes really low. So then he can never keep <laughs> his girlfriend because he had a really bad voice change disease. That'll do it.
1: And that's the exact adventure design I think Shauna Jermaine was looking for in, in no thank you evil was 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 the hamilton Disney crossover adventure
2: uh, exactly
0: <laughs> just as as bonkers as you can get yes good job, so we talked a little bit about what's difficult uh is there anything that you found that is surprisingly easy with running with uh games with younger players like uh it sounds like imagination is up there
1: the the stories are. Never the same, uh, and they're much more memorable. And I, I, I think that at the sweet spot with the age group, I really do love that eleven to fourteen age group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they aren't older yet; it means they haven't quite transformed into jerks,
2: <laughs> and uh,
1: they they still have like that little whimsical uh, uh, sort of mentality. So they're they're quite fun at the table. You're, you're their... not
3: 11 yet, Evie. Don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, you to you, you to guys run. get
1: added though. You, have a, you, you guys have a little bit, of a bit more window because you're my kids.
2: Being 11 is too old. So I, I find <laughs> that that
1: the, that, the, that they it's easy to get them thinking about even unique ideas and and it's uh, they don't have some of the the weird predispositions you have when you have a grown-up players at the table like you. You don't quite see rules lawyering at the table yet. Uh, I mean, you can occasionally have bullying at the table. That's come up occasionally. Uh-huh. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, but you know, you that's it's as long as the GM is is in control, which is usually what's happening,
3: mm-hmm. it's a
1: minor issue.
0: Well that's actually a really good topic is how do you deal with bullies at the table?
1: Timeouts. I mean I have no yep. problem uh, uh, telling kids they have to step away from the table for a period of time. So if I think that a player's gone too mean-spirited, uh, I have no issue telling a player they need to step away for a few minutes. Uh, most of the parents, at the, all the parents at the club I know, so I have no problem telling my kids to do timeouts. There's no issues at all. We, we filmed... If there's a... One of our YouTube videos we did was I, I ran a miniatures game with Skylanders and Disney Infinity characters. It's on our YouTube channel. If you look it up and you watch it, mm-hmm. uh, what is edited out is the five-minute timeout my son got put on <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of it <laughs> because really? he was acting up. Yeah, he got time out. I, <laughs> I had to stop the video. I just had to put him in the corner. Oh.
0: Um, Carrie and Evie, is that the same tactic you would use, or is it... Uh, is it at all intimidating when players are closer to your age to, like, give them a timeout? Like...
3: I mean, I've never had that happen to me before, because usually my, my friends that I, like, would run games for and all that, they usually behave, mm-hmm. and I just haven't had that happen to me before, but if I did, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'd probably do the same thing, because it's obviously effective.
2: So. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, timeouts for everybody. I like it. <laughs> so what draws you guys to RPGs, or uh, if it's easier, like, what are your favorite things about role-playing games?
1: Well, I almost exclusively run them. I don't play very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I enjoy the most is the story after it's completed that you collectively created with your friends, and to think back mm-hmm. on that, and to kind of reminisce on what you've done and what you've achieved as a group. And as a GM I just enjoy that's what I get out of it is the memory of the stories that my players have told at the table that I've helped pull them through. That's what I what I get out of it. But you guys, what do you guys why do you like role playing games?
3: Um I kinda like it for the story. I like having a lot of stories and like getting to do basically whatever you want is like <laughs> real life but Better because there's dragons and there's like <laughs> there's like super cool space time stuff and then it's just like I can do what I want if 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 there's some guy sitting in the corner I can go like hit him on the head with a book if I have one because I it's show no mercy. <laughs>
1: All the kind <content> of <laughs> games we play. No, but like
3: I could <laughs> if I wanted the to. book. Ha ha.
0: <laughs> awesome
1: you want to answer this question, Evie? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to answer the question? Uh, the, the question... Why don't you ask the question again for Evie's sake?
0: Sure. So my question was, what draws you to role-playing games? Like, what do you like about playing or running
2: games?
1: Again, a prepared statement from Evelyn. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent.
2: Here we go. Okay. So what inspires me is I tell a bunch of stories to my friends and they're like, "Wow, that's pretty messed up." I'm like,
3: "Yeah." <laughs> what kind of stories are you telling to your friends?
0: Weird
1: thing.
0: Well, Hamilton has a disease for one. <laughs> so. I mean, as
1: we're as we're saying, I mean, I, we, I think my wife and I are a little to blame for this. I'm, I'm looking at the wall here, and we have like Star Wars stuff everywhere, and then in a framed portrait, I have the cover. <laughs> I have the Doug Kovacs cover to Grimtooth's Museum of Death, and it's a, a framed portrait of a of Grimtina, the troll chainsaw, and a wizard in half. So, it's
3: great. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's fitting for the for the for the scene here. And mm-hmm. you guys will all be in therapy in twenty years.
0: Yeah. What? <laughs> all the cool people are well, exactly alone with hey. a bunch of
1: cats. <laughs> alone with a bunch <laughs> of cats. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a good plan. <laughs> I like it. So uh, I think Carrie, you may be the one to answer this. And that's what has co-gaming been like, um, and and what advantages does it give to you and to your players, if if it does, I guess.
3: Well, uh, first off, it's a lot of fun, and um, you can like if let's say one person is like uh, having these details being sent out about what it's about, and you can like jump in and have the, those like weird extra details that everyone obviously wants to know and um if you're not like that talkative like me um you can always be like it's kind of helpful because you don't have to be talking like constantly it can go like back and forth and Mm -hmm. i know me i'm especially not as good with people that i have like just met and i'm just kind of like hey, person over there, I've never met you before. And I'm not real good at talking at first, but, like, once I get to know them, it's easier. I just feel like as soon as it happens, I'm just like, mm-mm. I get that.
0: Oh, I, I like the idea of co-GMing a lot. I haven't tried it yet, but um, I'm friends with Darcy, too, and she speaks very highly of it, so. I, It sounds very uh, enticing for all of those reasons. So both of you, Carrie and Evie, would you have any advice or tips for other people that are younger that would like to start running games? Like, um, anything they should think about or be prepared for?
3: Um, I think they should be prepared for basically anything. Because <laughs> it's, anything can happen, and you never know what the gamer, the players are going to be like. You never know what crazy things they're going to come up with that you're never going to come think of. Ever and then you have to come up with something that could happen to that, but still leads you to the story. I think that works. What cool. About
2: Evie? They should be prepared for a really messed up game if they come to my <laughs> table. <laughs> That's fair. I, I
0: don't think you're alone in the way that you think, Evie, so... <laughs> 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 they should be prepared for all kinds of stuff, including you. <laughs> So how about advice on getting families as a whole into gaming or interested in it
1: well I mean as I said earlier whatever game you love that's the game you should teach your kids uh, you know and, only, and and once if once they start having suggestions of their own it doesn't hurt to branch out uh, the more family members you can get to the table the better it's especially helpful if, uh, I, I, I think it's been Enormously helpful that you know my spouse that Jen's so into is into it as well, and mm-hmm. she hadn't been for the longest time. It took to about 2013, and we we started dating in '97, got married in 2002. It wasn't until like 11 years later that I got her to a, a role playing table after trying it in college and she hated it in college. Yeah, so, uh, the fact that she's into it now, she did some co GMing with Evie at. Uh, Contessa at Gen Con last year on, on family day kids day on Sunday so oh, nice. she's now a, a sort of a GM well, it's exceedingly rare uh, so it, it, the more in the family you can get to it the better uh, and, that, that's a, and then play what you like and just start doing it just set the time aside to do it and I'm bad at that too I mean I, at this point when we, when we did this a couple of years ago we played together as a family a bit more in the house uh, now that we have the club, sometimes mm-hmm. time's been supplanted by the club because we, we go there and we have to kind of break out and do our things there. So while it's still family gaming time, Jen does all the the the, the, the operations for the club. I mean, she mm-hmm. organizes things and gets everyone together. And, you know, Carrie's helping me run the DCC table and Evie's running No Thank You Evil. So it's like we've sort of spread out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cool. So we're infecting other families. <laughs>
0: Do you think having like an extracurricular club like that helps keep you guys excited? You say it loud. What would it, would it matter?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome. That's cool. It helps share the 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 game with families that have never seen it before. I mean the. People have played the board games, but the role-playing is a whole different experience for most players. We have a lot of yeah. players that come in for the very first time and have never tried it. Some only play when they come to the club. A lot of them only play when they come to the club. Okay. I I, I, I'll say it's the one thing I haven't done. I haven't quite figured out a way to, to, to spread it to the point that they'll do it on their own. Uh, Without my like, like other club members, that they're mm-hmm. just... I mean, the, the the other grown-ups will, but I don't know if, for instance, Evan or any of his players GM at home for their families or not. I have no idea.
0: Still, that's great that there's a, a place where they can do that. One of the other things we mentioned, I think, when we were going back and forth was uh, props and toys, which I think, I have a suspicion, is going to tie into one of my other questions, which is um, keeping younger players engaged. So that they don't just kind of get up and walk away from the table. So, is there anything you guys wanted to share about how to use props and toys, or uh, how how you prefer to, or what got you to include those things?
2: Well, let's
1: see here. Where, where are we using the most toys at? What's that? You're making a muscle thing with your hands. What do you
2: mean? <laughs> <laughs> No I, I think we
1: maxed out our toys when Carrie and I co gm Savage Worlds at Gen Con last year, where we used mm-hmm. Legos as the miniatures, mm-hmm. and we had a big play board to play on that was, you know, we had uh, all sorts of weird stuff. We, we had
3: knuckle dice.
1: Yeah, we had, like, bone knuckle dice to hand out to people for the wild dice. We had, uh, we had a fun- Oh, yeah, Dolpho. we had uh, I, I, I we. <sighs> We have a rat puppet named Rodolfo that showed up in our sa- our family's Savage Worlds accursed game, and mm-hmm. he appeared and he talked to the players. And then we also had uh, the the haunted mansion playing cards for initiative. Mm. So, I mean, but Savage Worlds is kind of a game that's really designed to have a lot of props. It's it's a fun game with props and minis. Uh, otherwise, I, you know, we have occasionally we'll dress up a little bit. I had my Disney. Sorcerer Mickey hat on Friday. I was wearing. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I dressed up as Eve once when we did that one
1: game. Yeah, you guys did the cosplay. We yeah. did, there's a few cosplay things you have done. Carrie played oh, cool. Eve from Wally.
3: And when we did our strange games, then I would um, did, dress up as my character. As your
1: character. Yeah. So there's a little mm. cosplay going on. That's awesome. My wife Is that something? Did. Jen will do it. My wife will do that. She gets in. She'll get. She'll get into character.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that something that you encourage players to do?
1: Um, I would love to see more players do it, but I can't say I actively <laughs> promote it just because yeah. you know, I, I it's I I would I'd love it if more players did it, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I'm still just trying to get them to the table.
3: <laughs> hey, that's fair. He was the one that was like, "I'm gonna dress up for this," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'll do it too." And then mom comes out and she's dressed up too, and then. Cooper doesn't usually do anything because he's Cooper, but still.
0: <laughs> do you think when you guys use costumes, that helps keep people engaged?
3: Yes, and as well as the stuffed animals that we sometimes would use. Like, if it was a character and we had the stuffed animal or we had, like, a doll or something, we'd bring it down. And mm. It's me.
2: Nice. I'll, like usually, giant I'll usually take pictures <laughs> if we're going to um, game nights, and I'll take a bunch of pictures of things. And this is like, they're like, oh, that's so cute. Let's take a picture of a really cute stuffed animal. This other guy's like, let's go kill it. I'm like, no, it's trying to help you. And they'll just try to kill all the things I bring. <laughs> yeah, I've had that
0: problem with my players. Well, if you're up for it, I have um, two quick questions from listeners that came in after we were talking uh, and they're both from Richard and he's curious to know what lessons can adult game masters and game designers take from games that are specifically designed for kids. And, uh, and it sounds like no thank you evil might be the one that we've got the most experience with here, but um, if you've got anything else you want to pull in,
1: read that again to me. I mean...
0: So, so the question is uh, what lessons can adult game masters and game designers take from games specifically designed for kids? My thought was that we've got the most experience uh, amongst you all with No Thank You Evil as a game designed specifically for kids. Mm. Um, if you've played any others, this um, definitely bring those in, but is there anything from that game or from other kids' games that might be applicable lessons for adult players and adult designers?
1: No Thank You Evil is a fantastic job uh, of being a very you know, a tactile game. In that there are a lot of handouts, there are a lot of items, there are a lot of things that are given to the players uh, on their sheet to track. Uh, there are, you know, your 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 various stat pools have different uh, tokens that go on them. You're given cards that are your you know, your ciphers. You have there's a card for your animal. You, your there's player there's cards for your class. Um, mm-hmm. It's only really a class, it's a type, right? It's a type in that mm-hmm. game, right? And it's a type in numenera but I think there's a type in that game also so the, the they it works really quickly to bring the, the the players in that they when you hand them an item and there's a picture of the item on there yeah uh, that's something in general that the Monty cook games games do well because numenera has that with the asset deck and the cipher deck so uh, I, I wish more games uh, I think more games would w- would benefit from having. Uh, different ways to showcase the gear that the GMs were handing out. So they're not just sitting there reading back what the gear is. They could have a stack of cards and hand those out. It reminds me back, oh, yeah. back to the old days of 2nd of edition D&D where we'd find the we'd have the, the there were advanced Dungeons and Dragons trading cards that we would collect. And they would have magical items and the, the GM would love to just take one of those out of the deck and that's the NPC. I think a lot of games do have that now though so it might just be the games that we play. I don't know. I I think that 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 having the pictures, it's all it's just a nice a nice feature. Uh, yeah,
0: definitely. I I know there's a lot to be said for like the theater of the mind and imagining everything that you have happening, but um, getting that physical item is is engaging and it's it's a fun thing to work towards and a, a nice reminder. Yeah, I think
3: you're right.
1: I, I like a mix of the theater of the mind with a lot of props and <laughs> the table. I think theater of the mind is fine when you're trying to go through combat, but having maps and having things to touch and look at and manipulate, there's nothing wrong with that. And keeping things all in the mind, while it definitely works, I mean, I, there's no wrong way to, to, to game. If you want to do all miniatures, uh, that's that's totally fine. We, I watched, my wife and I watched last night, again, the... Uh, the the the, Dwarvenaut, the uh, you know the the documentary about Stefan Pekorny and who does all mm. the dwarven forge miniatures and yeah. uh, like terrain minis and I think it's such a cool concept I could not build a dungeon ahead of time out of blocks and and use that it'd be really hard for me to do that but if that works for someone's game that's awesome because and I'd love to play in that game I just couldn't GM that yeah. uh, so I, I I I think that uh, when it comes to some of these... At least for New Thank You Evil, it's the only real kids-centric game I've played. I've never played the Hero Kids or... I know there's more. I, I, I mm-hmm. Mermaid Tales, I think. Is there a Mermaid Tales? What's that one called? I think It is a Mermaid Tales game. It's at... FAM Games has it. I
3: think I saw that. Oh, that, that game. Yeah. Yeah, I think
1: it's... I bought a game I thought was a kid's game with Mouse Guard, but it was not a kid's game. <laughs> no.
0: Oh, yeah. It's It's still very... <laughs>
1: Burning Wheel. I played it. Yeah. You get my head wrapped around it.
0: Yeah. No. I'm. I, I'm trying to learn that one too, and it's a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. And then maybe something all three of you uh, may be able to answer is Richard's other question was asking about uh, how to deal with players who don't deal with failure well. Um. So I think this is something that can be hard with younger players uh, when you do have to tell them no or when they don't succeed at something. Um. How How do you handle that?
1: You guys might go first.
3: Come on, Evie. Okay, look, <laughs> you, you deal with more kids than I do. <laughs> you roll one every year, every, no, one, every month.
2: Usually I have kids, they're like, I'm gonna hit him in the head. I'm like, okay, they roll that ice, they fail. And then they're like, I'm gonna hit him in the leg. They roll that ice, they fail. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, um, let's have someone else go the neck They're like, no, I wanna hit him in the hand. I'm like, um, okay, we're gonna have someone else go... And then I call on someone else and they usually forget about it. So ignore <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a strategy, yeah.
1: <laughs> I enjoy that I play games that have mechanics all the games I play have mechanics that allow for at least there to be a, a second chance if there is an initial failure. Dungeon mm-hmm. Call Classics, you can burn your luck pool, um uh Cypher system, you can spend experience points to reroll and Savage World you can spend a penny to reroll. I've had to learn to enjoy these games and those because my wife cannot deal with failure well, no. and she will burn <laughs> hey. her character's stats to the ground to <laughs> not miss the simplest roll. Like you know, she'll miss it. She'll most... try to
3: guilt trip you too.
1: Yeah, she will, but that doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> she'll just she'll destroy her character's pool of experience points just to make a role that really isn't that important because she doesn't want to have that failure.
3: Picking so, a lock. Yeah. Sure.
1: So, the, it's game selection, Richard, is what I go with. You know, I just pick games <laughs> where there's at least another chance when there is failure.
0: Cool. Yeah, I I really appreciate. There's so many games now that do allow that fail forward, or you know, even if you do fail a roll, you you get something else right. out of it. So it's it doesn't sting quite as much. Well, uh, is there anything else that any of you wanted to add, or that I I may have missed? Uh, Sound like there were some prepared statements, so I don't want to let any of those go to waste.
1: <laughs> got... is it prepared. You want to say, Evelyn? She's on prepared oh. statements. I'm sorry, I got tea on your on your your character. Your, not your... You
2: can, I can see say. through the it. Paper.
1: Sorry. I really you know, prepared you wanna stay? Yeah. Any any uh
0: nuggets of wisdom you'd like to leave us with or funny stories from games you've run?
1: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna add that uh for any uh any folks looking for uh for for game and fantasy art at some point in the future to, to, to keep an eye out on uh you know, uh, on on like my, my G plus page yes. or my or my blog that Carrie is now doing a lot of art. Awesome!
2: Uh, In fact,
1: she now has what n- not just by minute. So I'll pay her to do blog covers occasionally
2: mm-hmm.
1: or images, but she just did her second commission piece that she did. So she did a character portrait for one of my friends, of his Numenera character. What? Oh, oh, I
3: thought you talked talking about. No, you,
1: don't, you don't... did the character portrait. Yeah, for... I thought you were
3: talking about the other one from um, Mark Lord. Yes.
1: And then uh, she did a a, a, a rather extensive uh, uh, figment Dang. from Disney.
3: Oh, word. wow! My,
1: my brother. So she's she, she is going to be. Uh,
0: That's amazing.
1: Uh, going to be a, a much more famous name than me one day. And I'm not famous, so there you go. Just more. No, I'm not. <laughs> People <laughs> I are. I have a to thousand followers. It's pretty small. No,
3: you have. <laughs> Followers.
1: Not on Twitter. when you add them together, it's more than that. Yeah. I have four. <laughs> I have
3: six. You're
1: still young.
2: Well,
0: why don't why don't we? Uh, where can we find you on the internet so that people can add to your follower counts?
1: <laughs> well, if you if you you can you can find our our family on uh, either YouTube or our blog, at, uh, living living for crits number four dot com mm-hmm. uh or just type in living for crits on the YouTube and our channel comes up. It's or my channel's my channel's James Walls, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: You can but, find it all through the blog. It's all there's all links in yeah. the blog at this point. Yeah.
2: Cool. And then
1: uh, I'm on Twitter at, at I Live for Crits with the number four. And
3: I I have like, I share
1: care I share Carrie stuff uh
3: Yes. You share my
1: on, on my G Plus profile,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which you can also find through the blog.
3: My G Plus, uh, Karina W, if that's. There's a lot of
1: Karina W's. Well, just, just I mean, find well, there's, me.
3: yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> of course, my, my. I have a nickname, which is George the Third because I have, I'm a Hamilton fan. And then, um, I have a Scratch account that I don't use that much, but I have that. If. I don't think anyone has Scratch, but hey. It's it it's existed. It's <laughs> in my Google Plus account. Cool. got music. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Well, we'll we'll double check all the links for the show notes so people can can go through there too. So thank you all so much. No, thank this you. This has been you. wonderful.
1: I appreciate it. Anna. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, no, it's been my pleasure. I know we we had some some wrangling, but I'm glad we finally got to do it. Yes. <laughs> Huge thanks again to the Walls family for being on the show. We've been working extra hard to schedule this one for you all, and I've really enjoyed getting to talk to them in the meantime. If you like them just as much as I do, check out the show notes for their links and keep an eye out for their games at cons. That's it for this week, heroes. You can find Modifier on Twitter at Modifier Podcast or at the headquarters at ModifierPodcast.tumblr.com. You can send comments, questions, or contribution suggestions to ModifierPodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes as that helps more people find us. Modifier is a proud member of the OneShot Podcast Network, an amazing family of RPG podcasts that includes incredible shows like OneShot, Campaign, Backstory, and talking tabletop. Modifier's theme music was created by my favorite Bothan, Cat Greenfield, whose myriad talents are on display at catgreenfield.com. Join me again in two weeks for another episode of Modifier. See you then.